Meow. Hi, Azzy. Cat noises. Meow. He wants to come love on me, and I'm in here. Yep. Oh, I'm sorry. The cat's like, hey, hey, you're you're not Pay where I can access where I can access you. I, there's people that are allergic in there. I have to get up in their grill. Yeah. <laughs> well, kids, welcome to Knockcast, episode 500. Hashtag uncancelable. Hashtag we never shut up. Yep. And yet here we are, fucking 14 years later, almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it was 2008. Eight. Yeah. When we started doing this podcast, Fuzz and I and its original and others. incarnation. And over time, we've evolved and grown and changed and changed our name and cut our hair and got old. <laughs> Which, I mean, is better than the alternative. Which is dead. Because, right, yeah. yeah, like you stop getting older, and that, that's a problem for everybody around you. Yeah. But much older and a bit grayer, I'm Saverin. I'm Fuzzwolf. And I'm Shiva. And here we are again. Um, Woo! We've, we've made it. We made a big fat round number. It's... A half a millennium. <laughs> I was like, this is episode 5 billion. I mean, this is the 500th numbered episode, but we've done more than that. We've lost yeah. episodes and done special episodes, and like we've done stuff on Patreon that we've done. Yeah, I mean, there was a zero episode. There was a lot of not cast presents when we did like interviews with other people. And Way early on, yeah. Con can, um, things and not sheathed. That we do at cons and stuff yep. like that. Looking back, you know, we certainly had a wide variety of output over the years. Yep. A lot of it off in the void now, because it's just literally like, who has files from that far back? Like, Apparently some of our friends do. Yeah. And I <laughs> I, I, pro- I think I have all of I them. do, actually. Yeah. Uh, going back, I actually have episodes going back to zero. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're in a big old folder on my storage hard drive. Yeah. It's like everything from zero to now, essentially. Yeah. I think um, I came in around 70. As yeah. a guest at first and then became cast. We were like, oh, it's the token female. Because mm-hmm. we were, you know, younger and dumber. Yep. And the uh, the cast has been stable as the three of us for the majority of the time we've been doing this now. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I mean, it, it took a little while and, you know. Tyrion made a comment earlier about drama and uh, and how we went through a lot of hosts. And it's like, we only had like three other regular hosts apart yeah. from the three of us. So, and that was all within that first 70-ish episode. So yeah, we it, found our footing and now we've just been us three for ever. A long time now, yeah. And like, it's, that's just how it is. I mean, shit. Even big shows have occasionally jettison their guests or jettison co-hosts for various reasons, and sometimes mm. it's acrimonious, sometimes it's just, yeah, not feeling it. Yeah. And that's just life, baby. Yeah. I mean, you know, even if you're some big Patreon podcast show, you sometimes have to fire a dude because he's a creeper. Right. Um, and while that didn't ever happen with us, like, there were people that were like, mm, you don't really fit in what is it you do around here <laughs> but you know here we are living we're all much older much mm. grayer like fuzz you suggested we should get a, a new cover image and it's just our characters but a little bit older <laughs> <laughs> all of our fur is gray we're all the, literal gray muzzles yeah i mean shiva's got that kind of set and 
you you're a gray wolf fuzz and but i have brown head fur so yeah, I could you could add some feathering you know get the temple the temple head fur there the fucking J. Like, jonah jameson she was just black and white yeah and like <laughs> saverin is a sandy brown fur so yeah you could kind of gray it up a little bit but if i got rafa she's a skunk white and black with white hair because she's kind of based off sabrina so mm-hmm. you know go no it's it's how do you show gray muzzle well her tits are a little more saggy and she's got bags under her eyes <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, black, <laughs> black fur on animals though will will turn gray. Yeah. with age, you see it dogs sometimes on their muzzles. See, I know you're going. You've got gray. Do you have any gray? I have a tiny little bit. Like yeah. I'm lucky mm-hmm. because, like in my family, my grandfather, on my dad's side, had white hair by the time he was twenty, and then he went bald. Mm-hmm. My dad had red hair up into his mid 50s and then it went white oh so you might keep your hair color mostly till your mid 50s yeah like my mom still has like still has most of her original hair color i mean she's got kind of white around the crown mm-hmm. yeah um she jokingly calls it her yamaka but you know she dies it but she doesn't have that much white i mean i know people that are much younger that have just their hair is pure white and so well, i mean no, like siam's had uh, salt and pepper as long as i've known him there a lot's come more and every time he cuts his hair short more appears yeah but um <laughs> i found like a couple gray hairs i think about like two now um i found one over thanksgiving a couple years ago and one like in the last year the, but the thing is about my hair color looks like my dad's like color wise everything else like that he just kind of faded mm-hmm. like you look at him and he, he didn't like go gray he just kind of went blonder and faded and, you know, just kind of petered out. He yeah. still has all his hair. Um, but, so I don't think I'm going to go as gray-gray like a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom had dark straight hair and she did get gray. Um, but I have like blondish, sandy-ish hair depending on how much sun I've had. And... Really, I've always followed after my dad hair-wise, so I'm expecting that I might get some actual gray and white, but I think I'm just going to kind of (laughs) drift. Just kind of let it go, Mm -hmm. because like Panther, our mysterious at-risk youth, he's, uh, his beard has like some white striping, Mm -hmm. and he has a little bit of gray at the temples, but he still has the long hair. My beard is very salt and pepper. Yeah. Uh-huh. I think he looks handsome, so, you know. Well, they were actually talking about this in one of our team stand-ups this morning, and um, one of my Indian co-workers complained because his beard, he's got more and more white coming in, but it keeps coming in in squares, so it's like square patches. Oh, no. Instead of, like, streaks or anything, and he just gets white square patches, and it's always a square. Oh. Why is it a square? Oh, he's got ska beard. <laughs> He's so pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. <laughs> yeah, you know, so they're that, talking of, because you know I think that would annoy me if it was specifically like, oh, it's a big perfect square or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> and I've seen him when he's gotten scruff, and yeah, credit I haven't seen him in like eighteen months. So, uh, but he, his beard will just be completely white the next time you see him. Yeah, with my level, how the pandemic treat you? White beard. Yeah. <laughs> 
To be fair, I, white beards can look really stunning. Ooh. Kenny Rogers, it will look good. With my level of support, most of us are in mid thir- to late 30s or older because it takes a lot of time to get our level of knowledge and experience. And so, you know, there's people going gray. People have kids, mortgages, that kind of stuff. But and so there's a lot of folks just talking about how, you know, yeah, I'm going a little gray, blah, 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 you know. It's kind of nice not to be the old person in a sea of young bucks like I have been for several other support jobs. Like I'm mid to late 20s and everybody else is 21. It's like I feel old. So I'm I'm the, the old one in our group then. Both in, in years and grayness. Because I, I specifically remember I was 25 when I got my first gray hair. And I think I've told you guys this story. I remember it so clearly because I was driving at the time. And my friend was sitting in the passenger seat and he said, Fuzz, you've got a gray hair. And I'm like, what are you talking about? No, I don't. He literally reached over and plucked it out of my head while I was driving and held it in front of my eyes. And I was like, While you were driving. Yeah. And I took it and was like, whoa, holding it in one hand and holding the steering wheel in the other. (laughs) I mean, it's not that a huge distraction. I was like, I I, I was sitting, we were outside because my folks were deep frying a turkey and the most know, dangerous game and sarah came up behind you know was standing behind me because i was sitting he was standing and he looked down and said wait a minute hold still and i hear hear feel yoink i'm like what the fuck what uh, is it with with people why, close why to do us people do that and it's like look you have a gray hair it's like well wow well i don't now <laughs> you pulled that out of my skull <laughs> my aunt used to tell me that old rumor that if you pluck one gray hair to grow back in its place oh. so that's why you don't pluck them you die and i'm like i'm not gonna dye my hair but well well you can dye purple i'm you know i i wouldn't be averse to dyeing it um some interesting color for a con but not or look, something like but that not try to but be just back to your original I'm brown i'm gonna dye it dark brown again oh. It, it's only really, really noticeable to me, like, on a day-to-day basis. It's like, uh, sometimes if I'm right out of the shower or I've had a haircut and it's more obvious. But when it was really obvious to me was Guardian sent me a photograph he had of me and Tyrion at the MFM that we met at, which was oh. in 2001. And I'd forgotten... 20 years ago. Yeah, I'd forgotten how dark my hair used to be and this was when i had a goatee regularly like now i shave frequently i had a goatee constantly for like eight years mm-hmm. and i remember my hair was such a dark brown it was almost black and my goatee was similarly very very dark and now if i grow it out a little bit it's really light it's very salt and pepper because of that and funny thing is i got a picture of around that time of guardian with hair Oh, I've got so many pictures of Guardian with like a long lion mane of hair from back when we used to do uh, howls in the middle of the woods. Yeah, man. It's aging's funny. It's like, and I'm not like complaining about it. I think it's kind of neat. I'm like, oh, wow, I'm getting a lot of gray. That's kind of cool. I'm still here to get gray. Right. Even better. Well, I mean, I remember walking uh, somewhere. I think it was to a friend's graduation, and uh, this was years and years ago. Um, And it was very windy that day, and it was blowing my hair in such a way that I had like a little 
thinning balding patch on the back of my head and it was blowing my hair so much that my scalp was starting to get cold and i complained about it to Tyrion, and he and he said well it's your fault for getting that old <laughs> and, it, and it just sort of made me go like yeah you know if i died when i was 20 i wouldn't have a bald spot so okay i'm i'm okay with with having a thin spot and having all this gray hair because the alternative is not great you know I mean, the the other alternative is dying it, but I mean, who cares? God, who has the time? Like, I'm not an actor, you know. Like John Barrowman has been completely white mm-hmm. for a long time, and he's dyed his hair. And like, when he turned fifty, I think he posted a picture with his natural hair color, and it was like, oh wow, you know, that's that's totally white. And that's just I don't know when he started going gray, but it was quite a while ago and i was gonna say like patrick stewart went started going bald when he was 19 yeah, yeah I it's mean, just genetics if you look at like patrick stewart from dune he doesn't look that much different from picard yeah a little bit younger but baldness wise same oh well dune and picard were only like two years apart like dune came out in the we're- mid 80s tng started in um 87 was it 87? 87 to 94. Hmm. I, I remember that because I was 11 years old, so like I I literally grew up watching TNG. Well, it was so like the yeah. formative years of my life, basically. Someone's at the front door. Pizza time. Yep. Well, I mean, I'll get it in a bit. It'll be nuclear anyways. But yes, your pizza will wait. Delicious deep dish from Taste of Chicago. It'll hold. Is that is that a local chain or just a local restaurant? I have no idea. Okay, because we had that on restaurant. Saturday and I, it was super good. Yeah, it's like this. Well, it's in Addison. It's okay. in Addison. It's just uh, one branch. Yeah. It's like isn't that the one that's on the uh, Midway? Okay. It's, yeah, it's kind of it's on Midway. It's a, it is weirdly like set back from the road. Like I went. It's to, by yeah, the it's Londoner. A, yeah, it's in yeah. a weird little shopping plaza that's. You, unless you know it's there. Yeah. It's like on the other side of the street from the Londoner, but I guess it's, it must be like behind Nate's Seafood or something. Yeah, it's yeah. back in there. I just remembered it was a pain in the ass to get through. Like, if you don't know it's there, they I don't think they get much street traffic. They probably have word of mouth, basically. Like, oh, a deep dish. I remember people being like, oh, a deep dish place opened here. And I was like, I've and been it's to Chicago. Good. Yeah, it's I, I've been good. to Chicago several times years ago for mff but i'd never gone out for deep dish so i was like i'm gonna try it and it was really fucking good with with a caveat that i've never had like gone to chicago had a a proper deep dish pizza set in front of me say okay this this is what it's supposed to be i can say that this is delicious don't know how it's authentic don't care it's good so like it's a cheese casserole it's great has a Detroit style deep dish right now, which is like bread toppings. It's all baked together, and then the sauce is on top. Mm. And is it pan- square? Yeah, it's square. Because Detroit pizzas are square. Yeah, Panther likes it. It's tasty. It's just one of those things we tried it once, which and then place they. Is this? It's Pizza Hut. Oh, so national chain stuff. But like yeah. immediately after, he was like, "Oh shit, I want to do that again." They had discontinued it. Oh. Like he's like, ooh, I like a thing, and they cancel it. They so you need to find a, find Not a yet. local Detroit style pizza restaurant. But then they brought it back, and we ordered it again recently, and it's it's tasty. 
It's just funny because it's like, oh, he decides, ooh, I want this thing. Oh, no, they've discontinued it. But apparently it was popular enough that they're going to make it, like, again on the national scale. Oh, okay. Um, Yeah, a lot of times those specialties like that are just sort of a a test. And, you know, if it works out for them financially and if enough people are getting it, then they add it to the menu. Like, they do that a lot. Like, spicy chicken, I think, at Wendy's used to just be an occasional thing. And then they added it to their menu at some point. Right now, a lot of the stuff um, about restaurants doing chicken sandwiches to emulate Chick-fil-A... A lot of it is literally just the pul- – one, is the restaurant industry going, holy shit, beef prices are through the roof. Um, like you've seen $1 and $2 price uh, jumps on some things that like Whataburger. Mm. But also chickens, plentiful and cheap. And despite you know Tyson factories being COVID hotspots, they still are far easier to mass produce chickens essentially. Mm-hmm. And so the chicken is much cheaper and so that's why everybody's doing chicken stuff. Like, me, that's why me. there's chicken tacos at Taco Bell now. Oh, so yeah. those funny those Tyson farms. There's a whole bunch of them in Virginia around where my dad lives. Uh-huh. And at dusk every night they open the coop and they vent it out. Oh jeez! You can smell a coop from miles away. Yeah, like it'll just be the strong smell of like. It's- Literally it smells chickens. like a chicken coop, unless you smelled it. You, but it, it's like bird poop and just chicken feather smell. My parents had chickens, so I know what it is. Yeah. But it is such a strong odor. But you could smell it for miles when they vent it. But I, thought... I, I think it's good. It sucks to be around them, but they need to do it, those poor birds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were going to go with a sound thing and be like, tell me, Clarice, can you still hear the clucking of the chickens? <laughs> no, just just every... I grew up in farmland. like So cow manure and other smells I'm used to. And I used to live across from a cornfield. And every spring, they would fertilize it. Which means that they come out and they dump a whole bunch of cow shit. I just thought the farmers just went out, took a dump in the field. Yeah, that would take like, a lot of farmers. Well, you do it like one crop at a time. <laughs> I bet that those farms and nowadays make pretty good money selling the chicken poop as fertilizer on the side. I don't know, honestly. Man, that I mean, one industry you can actually say, this is good shit and, yeah. and mean it. <laughs> so those farms, they're weird because basically they, they own the farm. Like, farmers own the farm. They own the coops and everything else like this. And basically, they contract with Tyson. And Tyson sends Sends them the the birds that they own. Uh Like, Tyson owns the birds. And the the farmer cares for them, raises them, and then when he goes back. But basically, they're they're paid, like, a husbandry fee. Right. And they, like, have to bring a certain percentage of the chickens that they are sent to market, you know, in xyz condition uh-huh. no when it comes down to like the factory farms they don't actually own the animals it's usually kind of like sent out to them like a, almost like a license huh. oh my god i'm thinking it's like it's like when you when you you're on the apple upgrade plan so you're leasing your iphone like oh the new chickens just dropped the new, the new chicken 13s i gotta trade the old ones in at market and get the new tyson eye chicken <laughs> the eye cock. Yeah, uh, I have learned more about chicken 
mass farming raising just from my folks moving into that area. The first time it came in and they opened the coops at night, it was just... I was out on the porch, and suddenly this wall of smell hits me. It's like, oh, my God, what the hell is that? Because it was a familiar smell. Yeah. But I hadn't smelled it since I was, like, little. I think we got rid of our chickens. I think the last time I was around one, I was probably about eight or nine. Yeah. But it's still it's a lifelong thing. It's like that, that awful but familiar smell. What is that? As I, and that's when they explained it about the oh, whole the smell chicken of childhood. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, I mean... When I was younger, we had chickens and ducks. Cool. So you know the chicken coop smell I'm talking yep. about. We ha- we raised we had chickens and ducks for eggs. Two ducks and then like five or six chickens until uh, neighborhood dogs broke into the backyard and ate them. Well, after having chickens, I mean, if I had more land, I'd consider it. But I am not enamored. I watch all these people with their little boutique backyard coops. It's like. No. It's a lot of work, plus, like, you have the noise, local the ordinances. Smell, the dirty... I mean, chickens are not clean animals. Because, like, I think, everywhere. Carrollton, you can potentially legally own one rooster, if that, and you are subject to, like, oh, noise complaints and stuff like that. Huh. Um, cause, well, because I remember when Ajax was like, oh, my God, goats! And he looked up the local ordinances on what types of animals you can keep in the city, and it's like, you cannot have goats. Oh. oh, and like the chicken rules are you have to have X amount of space and like, yeah, keeping keeping critters in the city like this is yeah. pretty difficult. I mean, that's why you want to do more gardening stuff. Speaking of, I need to bring you some pepper seedlings if you would like. I have a, still have a bunch of miscellaneous pepper seedlings. I don't know if I'll have, be able to get them started before winter hits. Yeah. You know, enough to winter over. Which kind of, or is this the mystery seedlings? You don't know what they are. Well, they're either Cayennes or Serranos, one of the two. I didn't label them correctly, so. Cayennes are easy. As soon as they throw fruit, they turn red almost instantly. Yeah. So you'll know, and Serranos start out green. Is that what Sarah's Chakak character Mm -hmm. named after? Okay. He is named after a pepper. Spicy peppers. Mm-hmm. They're about ten times spicier than jalapenos. Makes See, some good sauce. They say that, but I've tried both, and they don't strike me as being hotter than jalapeno. Uh, I mean, it's all relative, because, like, ten times spicier than a jalapeno is still not super spicy when you're used to, like, real spicy stuff. And, mm-hmm. it, it, and jalapenos really vary in how spicy they are, too. Yeah. I mean, poblanos are also a headache because you never know if they're going to be knock your socks off or basically a green, advanced green pepper. Yeah, my banana pepper plant only set one fruit. So it has one pepper again. Um, and again? Then the habaneros, one of them is flowering. So I'm hoping I can, you know, diddle the flower enough to get it fertilized and hopefully get some peppers off that but other than that yeah it's just like fall planting and everything's doing okay but it's all really small my banana peppers suddenly went insane and it is now full of banana peppers it started with one and i clipped that and it gave me two clipped those and it did like four and now this time there's so many banana peppers my my poor thing fucking dropped most its leaves again like i'd brought it back and it flowered and then it was like all right i've set this one thing time to drop my flowers and focus on feeding this fruit that's it yeah so and that's common with peppers if you want them to keep producing basically take away their fruit until they start producing like a large crop yeah cuz it's and like and then there's 
one. Yeah, mine generated one, and it took really good care of that one, and it didn't start setting more fruit until I took away that one. So, I'm just like, man, plants are weird. But it has been nice, like, my salsa... Oh, I didn't bring a... Actually, I'm out. I was going to say, I made this really good uh, jalapeno lime sauce that would be really, really good on some, like, fajitas. Mm -hmm. But then I realized that I gave my last bottle away, so... I'd be like, hey, I made this really good sauce. I can't share it with you. Sorry. I mean, you can always make more. Oh, I know. It's just like I was able to share my sauces with several neighbors. And like I have a couple bottles set aside for my mom. But it was kind of funny because my upstairs neighbor, she's apparently works. She's like a dispatcher for the city. Like, and she was like, oh, I'm going to take these to the office and share these with all my coworkers. I'm going to help you kickstart your business. And I'm like, well, I, that's cool. I'm, I'm glad you like them. Because we did a little taste test um, on everything. Mm-hmm. But it was like, oh, well, I'm not really turning this into a business. I'm just doing it to learn. But I hope they enjoy it. God, trying to do cottage food industry in Dallas or oh. Texas period is a nightmare. Yeah, like I would have to have a separate kitchen facility and like bring in all my own shit. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, uh, no. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. the... <laughs> Remember when we went down to Deep Vellum, the bookstore, and we found that little, uh, little street market? Yeah, yeah. Like, all the people that have those little things have to have, like, various all these food certifications and have, like, a specific kitchen that's only for their commercial businesses and shit. Like, that one lady that had the angel food cookies that were super good. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you, you have to have this facility and rent it or whatever. And, like, it's not in your house. And it's all the only way stuff. you could do it is if you had a house and you built like a little separate building outside yeah you know like that's a shed or like a the like the mother-in-law suite that some houses have yeah but you would just use that for like just the kitchen or something Mm -hmm. yeah like that's the thing it's like i can totally make as much stuff as i want and i can give it away but i can't i can't sell it and that's i don't care i'm not here to sell it i'm here to learn some stuff it's like weed in virginia right you're not allowed to sell it you you could trade with people or yeah something. well i mean it's kind of like how uh if you I, i'm pretty sure you can't resell bottles of beer you get from other places but you can swap them with people like if you're like oh dude i brought back a case of insert local brew here from i don't know Utah. Oklahoma. why would you want to do that Polygamy? no no actually that's a thing there's like um the brewery community in Utah is apparently really strong. Uh-huh. And I don't know if the beer itself is very strong. That's the thing. It's like, like they have really low upper limits on what's legal to brew in this state. Yeah, but they have like I still remember years ago when Tyrion had a six pack of polygamy porter yep. that a friend had brought back from Utah. Um Why have just one family. Is literally their tagline. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> it's like three percent. Yeah. So they have like they have a lot of, of breweries out, out there. Yeah. Um, but I, I've, I've been enjoying, like right now I'm actually out of peppers. I haven't made any sauce in a bit, but I've given away successfully like almost all of the stuff that I've made. Yeah. As well as kept some for myself. It is nice that you can always make more. At least until, you know, climate change kills all the plants. Yeah. And then I think pepper sauce will be the least of our worries. Yeah. Yeah. Um, staying alive would probably be a bigger yeah. concern at that point. So, speaking of climate change. Uh oh. <laughs> not really. I was going to say the Valheim Goddess Hearth and Home uh, update came out today finally. Shiva and Saro and Vash and <coughs> who? And 
didn't also Sam play with us too? Like we had a bunch of people all playing together. Sorry, is this a WoW thing? No, it's um the uh the the Viking game. Oh, okay. So it's it, a whole separate game. Yeah, it's a whole separate game. It's, it's just called Valheim. Valheim, yeah. This is just a new like expansion for it. Yeah, it's a, a survival game where you're a Viking on the 13th world of Valheim, and you're sent there by Odin to fuck up the monsters that are there because they're going to try to fuck up, get off and mess with the other worlds, other realms of Valhalla. Like what the Dark Elves were trying to do in Thor the Dark World? Essentially. Yeah. And like you build lodges and you build fortifications and tools and all this other stuff. And it's really got a fun base building and like encourage you to build multiple bases across the world. Um, it's it's a fun game, but like... Shiva, it's totally not colonialism. Well, not really. Unless you're calling like undead dwarves and dragons and zombies they have feelings too technically like hunger for humans but yeah. they have feelings too. skeletons they want flesh they don't have their flesh and they want your flesh I was promised skin but that's, that's been a, that's an old reference now because like i know that <laughs> we spent probably god we've probably spent 60 hours or something on that game together almost like i i know that sarah and i we had a couple sessions where we literally went sailing for like four goddamn hours to try to find a specific biome and failed mm. and we can actually share maps now in that yeah. update that'll be great and like, like map markers too. i'm hoping that we don't have to start over though because like we had a really cool base see i want to start over again yeah well i mean now that we know a little bit more what we're doing we can do it more efficiency mm -hmm. efficiently and like but we had a really badass base that was like on the borderland between the plains and a dark forest biome so like we we built out the land and built fortifications double thick stone walls that monsters couldn't fucking get through but like there were certain things that would only grow in areas marked as plains so we had half this crop of the wheat that only or barley whatever grew only on the plains and the rest of it was like whatever else we needed mm -hmm. and the other stuff plus we had the full production facilities and stuff we we had a really neat thing going that we spent a very long time making look cool. Um, but now, with all the extra shit they've added, it looks even cooler. I haven't logged, we haven't logged in yet soon. Um, like, they've added a bunch of furniture, they've added a bunch of interior decor, but now there's, like, the dark wood zones with all, like, giant spiderwebs and shit. Hmm. The wood from there can be used to make wood tile roofs hmm. and, like, various nicer, nicer looking roofs than the thatch that was your only option previously. So... Needless to say, if we hadn't recorded tonight, we would have been spinning that up. Yep. <laughs> uh, and said, we'll be doing it tomorrow night, so watch for us online. Video games! <laughs> I mean, that and there's, like, uh, Final Fantasy fourteen had a live letter starting at, like, 9pm tonight, which live obviously... Letter? um, It's like a... Is that when you post that your cons been canceled? No. Uh, live letters are basically when the devs do a live stream and talk about changes upcoming in the game. Ah, uh, okay. It's like a pre-patch patch notes kind of thing. It's like, all right, because of blah, we're going to be doing this. Like, all right, uh, like major change in uh, Endwalker is belts going away. Belts are no longer going to be an item slot. We are redistributing Next, pants. We'll get rid of pants. No pants anymore. I mean, people have made the joke where it's like, day one of Endwalker, people's then phew, pants fall down. <laughs> yeah. um, indecent exposure across Eorzea. 
Lalafell's getting dick right in their face. Like that was any different than usual. And then also like Deltarune part two's coming out on this, like right off the sixth yeah, anniversary. Sarah of... was mentioning, Sarah and Oxy were talking about Deltarune. I don't think I ever played it. Okay. So, you know, Undertale, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. It's a spiritual successor. Yeah. It's like an alt version. Like it's an alternate reality version. It's literally an anagram of Undertale. Isn't it, it is. Yes. Yeah. Um, and like he put out part one, like two years ago or something like that is like this free preview and it's like four hours of gameplay and it's cool and people really liked it because hey it's more cool stuff from toby fox and now part two is coming out and people are like holy shit this is still a thing because uh, like last year on the anniversary they had a really cool concert series or it wasn't a concert, it was like a two-hour concert though um of like a full ass orchestra playing the music from undertale uh which is really 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 cool like i'll still go back and re-listen to it from time to time it's just been one of those weeks where like oh hey everything's kind of coming out that's neat like a bunch of games are hitting game pass there's like that silly bird skating game called Skatebird that's coming um but the other thing too is that fucking nasa's album drops tonight yep montero he's finally gonna have that baby Yep. Man. I am loving the the trolling billboards that that he's got up. Gay? You might be entitled to compensation. Yeah. Go to Montero.com. Well, I, I I love the one that's that's just trolling conservatives. It's like you know, go to visit Montero.com to take our country back and it's got an American flag in the background. It's like, do you hate little Nas X? You might be entitled to compensation. Visit <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, yes, they're just another Hollywood music star, but hey, look, they're like extremely gay about it. And, and the they're music... basically flipping off everybody. Yeah. Like, they're gay as hell. Their songs are all super gay, too. Apparently, there's another music video that's dropping tonight that. It oh, yeah, that makes sense. Features him. Like, the tweet he had was like, oh, my, this is my favorite music video. I'm looking forward to com- it coming out. Like, he's done videos for most of his songs because he's been putting out preview videos mm-hmm. for various things. Yeah. But this one had him in, like, a football uniform. Huh. And I'm like, oh, shit, it's out of position, the music video. <laughs> you know, he's going to get railed by a big tiger. Hell yeah. So that's cool because I, I realized, oh, shit, that comes out today and I pre-purchased it on uh, iTunes. It's only, like, fucking 10 bucks. Yeah. So I li- I've listened to it, like, it's only three songs that are out right now. Yep. Uh, so you get Montero, uh, Sun Goes Down, and, and Industry, Industry Baby. Baby. Yeah. Um, but it's a fucking banger. Yeah, it's, uh, the rest of it's going to drop at midnight uh, local time for each time zone, uh, I believe. is. Uh, That's cool, because I've seen... Uh, People over in Australia and uh, the are, other parts are getting of the world. That, like, are, holy shit, this is it. a total banger. And it's like, yep, I'll give it a listen. I'm excited. Because, like, yeah, he's... Just another Hollywood music star, but he's super gay, and he's also really young. He's, like, 21, mm-hmm. which is yep. cool. It's like, young and gay and getting to collaborate with all these people, writing, like, extremely gay songs. Also, this is a f- maybe Apple's been able to do this for a while, but this is the first time I've seen album art actually animated. Oh, that's cool, yeah. Yeah. yeah this sure. is... And, like, the album cover's oh, wow. fucking cool. Yeah, that's the actual album cover like, there. It's really cool. And then he released it as, like, a phone wallpaper version so people could put that as their phone wallpaper. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it's a hell of a marketing thing for a music album. Yep. And, like, his particular style of music is 
it's catchy. I like it. And so, like, oh, totally. It's the first time I've downloaded or purchased an album, like, an actual ass, like, vocal music album in a while. Yeah. A lot of stuff I buy is like, it's electronic or orchestral or video game shit. And it's like, oh, this is actual real ass musician. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, a real vocalist, real human singing, not just like music. Yeah. Oh, it's really cool. I'm looking. I'm looking forward to hearing the rest of the album, which and seeing the rest of the videos. That, yeah, because like there's like Lost in the Citadel was like some cyberpunk city. Yeah, where he I lo- a lot of his shit seems he's very like, cyberpunk, which he, I really like, did. Puts his hand on some dude's thick ass, and he's like, "Damn!" And then he flies away to space. Yeah, yeah. He's got the, the like, floating. What's, what's boots. the context for this? And they did a preview for the <clears throat> one with his collaborative Miley Cyrus, and it That's has a so cool. kind of a. 90s ass early CG vaporwave look to it. Nice. This like, thing that I was just reading says he's got something on that album where he worked with Elton John. Yeah, yeah. like they get a lot of collaborations for a first album, that's for damn sure. Yeah. And like people were just like, man, you didn't work with a single black male artist. And he was like, yeah, for some reason they didn't want to work with me. Huh. And then, like, right after that, a couple of artists were like, yo, dude, I will totally collab with you. Yeah, like, well, like, like Nas, the original. Nas, the one that inspired his name, uh-huh. um, did uh, a version of Rodeo with him, uh, which, you know, that was released as a single, uh, so it's not on this album. Yeah, but people were talking but, about on Montero, and it's like, yeah, all right. Know. I'm just saying, black, black male artists have worked with him before. Yeah. But, yeah, I imagine he's, I mean, he gets a lot of shit, and, like, yeah, I can't imagine... Because he's super visible, you know, he has a big Twitter presence, and... Him and Sonic Fox, they're kind of... Yeah. Like, you know, that young, black, gay, in-your-face, fuck you, I'm gay, and I love it. Yeah, I retweeted this on one of my accounts, it was like, there was a um, a young furry couple, who's a, a trans-masked furry who's pregnant, and was inspired by Lil Nas X's promotional vid, uh, pictures of him in like the baby shower and stuff like that uh to make his own and like they're really cute uh you know they're really adorable there's one with him and his partner and like it is look very happy and i'm like the power of having someone who is very high profile and very unapologetically gay and young and just taken that on like i mean to to take on the amount of like hate and bullshit he gets thrown at him is like i i can't imagine the the kind of will that that that, that takes you yeah, know because like he'll quote tweet the haters sometimes and just mm-hmm. like tag himself or tag the album yeah because it's like these people like oh you know nas is a industry plant to turn our kids gay and he's like yeah and and all these people that are like, oh, you know, you are ruining black masculinity and blah, blah, blah. Like, and man. that's something that has been leveled against gay black men for, for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. He's just out there and unapologetic about it. And like, I kind of thought about it a bit today. And it's like, yeah, I remember back in the day when Lady Gaga was doing kind of wild shit. But like, even then, like, it wasn't really so representative. It was just she was attention, like, really big on getting attention like like i mean she's, she's an ally and that's cool yeah like she is a cis white woman yeah but but having a, a gay black man just be out there and being himself and being holy look at that 
And one who isn't <gasps> super mad. He just tweeted at Sonic Fox, I want a first. No, that was July 1st. Oh, okay. I just, looked right. at, I just it's like, yeah, he tweeted at Sonic Fox, I want well, a first suit. I love that they're mutuals on Twitter. Like, that's amazing. They're like but, the same age. Yeah, yeah, they're about the same age. And, and like, I'm just going to say that <laughs> Sonic Fox has been like, hey, man, let's go out. So, oh man, I'd love would, to see them hook up. That would be incredibly what a powerful. Power couple. That would be so gay. Yeah. Can I ship them? I mean, you can. <laughs> I like, do in my head. Like, remember, don't ship people in real life. That's a little weird. But like, they've. Dude, like, I want. I want to see Lil Nas X show up at a furry con in suit. You know, and, like hang out with Sonic Fox and stuff like that. He can even do it incognito. Yeah. You know, if he wants to, like. Well, we, we've had, a, like, half of ICP show up at a con in suit. So, you know, it's not unheard of. Take that over fucking Milo trying to go to Furfest, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, if we're going to get... But, no, this... Uh, I mean, my, my whole overall point about this is, is, like, representation matters. And, like, what he's doing now is going to mean so much to queer kids queer teenagers, people that are struggling with their sexuality, especially if they're in like a conservative area, growing up in a conservative household or something like that. Well, and like his song Sun Goes Down is literally about that. Yeah. Where he's like, I've had these gay thoughts since I turned three. I've been praying for God to take them away from me. Yeah. And like the song is like him being depressed and like suicide almost, but getting through it and being in like, you know, forging ahead, and that's cool. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, like, he, he's written songs about that, and, like, Montero's, like... Uh, Him talking to his 14-year-old self. But also being like, you live in the dark, I'm not gonna pretend, you know? It's like, I'm gonna be out there, I'm gonna be gay and unapologetically me, and I'm like, that's that's a really positive message. Yeah, it is. And the video's really good, because he gets to, you know, lap dance Satan, kill him, and then steal his wings. Mm. Yes. You know, it's like yeah, I I love him. I I mean, I enjoy his music, but I also trip. just love what he's doing, and that he's out there. And I just know what this means to like a whole generation of queer people younger than me <laughs> that are kind of coming of age. And there was also this really funny hard drive article. Cause... Yeah, Sonic Fox back to him. Check your DMs, little Nasex. <laughs> <laughs> the the Met Gala where he now oh showed my up God, with those that fucking... massive robes, and then like beneath that he was in this gold armor, yeah. and then beneath that he was in like this cat suit. Yes. And there was a hard drive article that was like Lil Nas X disappointed that the Met Gala didn't do enough damage to reveal his final fourth fourth final form, <laughs> and like the article is like if they had done enough damage to my my suit, I would have fought them my true naked glory <laughs> but they failed and now they must die just then, a shining light from his crotch it just blinds the haters and then it's like as of press time Lil Nas X descended to the heavens and disappeared from sight <laughs> just like, uh, he did kind of look all JRPG or people making the joke where he looks like you know all, he could be all three roles in a Final Fantasy party <laughs> like mm-hmm. here's the healer and the tank and the monk <laughs> Yeah. 
but yeah, like that's really cool. I'm looking forward to that. And like, even if it's not, it's, he's just like tangentially furry. Like that would be funny if he does show up at a con sometimes. Like, I don't know where he lives in the country, but there's a furry con. If he wanted to show up, I, I guarantee you that Sonic Fox would totally take him and they could be all incognito and shit. Or they could well, make they a big deal of it. Just put on two fucking fursuits and walk the floor. They'd never do like what Adam does from Mythbusters and goes to con in a fucking cool suit. Yeah. Oh, I know. Uh, Mark Hamill goes to uh, San Diego Comic Con uh, in different costumes. Like um, last, like whenever the last one was, or the one before that, he went as a stormtrooper. So of course you don't know him at all, but regular fans of star wars are like oh your stormtrooper armor is really cool can i get a picture with you and then he revealed later on twitter is like if you if you had a picture with this stormtrooper that was me nice <laughs> i mean how can you tell that stormtrooper from the other stormtroopers and I, I did hear a rumor well then he just replies i'm a little short for a stormtrooper <laughs> yes i did hear a rumor i don't remember if this was true or not that kevin smith went in as cosplaying a silent bob to comic con one yeah. year which i'm like how i mean would you know I the think difference back but in the day uh maybe i think yeah. it was like toby mcguire went as spider-man no shit. <laughs> yeah, back, this was like when he was still doing like Spider Man one two three and stuff. He went oh yeah, to, yeah. And like he walked up in costume at some Q and A, and then he took off his mask so he could speak yeah, better. Scroll. And it was him, and people were like, oh shit. It's... You know. So I I hope that someday we can totally he turn super a gay. Lot of really good cosplay. Oh okay. Super gay oh, little Nass into oh, super okay. gay furry. So... That'd be it's funny. It's auto-lightened now, so... Oh, wow, um, yeah. So, speaking of Super Furry, and uh, unrelated to uh, Lil Nas X... <laughs> he so went as Bane. That's mm-hmm. great. The, oh, uh, he's built a ton of costumes. He did his Totoro from My Neighbor Totoro. A um, bunch of other ones. This is uh, Adam Savage. Oh, he did Star-Lord, too. Cool. Oh, neat. Yeah, he does... Yeah, and it's... he And frequently he goes out on the floor, no one knows it's him... It, well, he'll say he's at the con, and then people try and figure out which one of him is it. Yeah, and I, yeah, dude has glasses and a beard. Like you could be anybody. At a yeah, con. it's like you're you're at a con with glasses and a beard, a little bit overweight, middle aged. Congratulations, you're like ninety percent of the people there almost. <laughs> it's like was that the real George R. R. Martin or one of his many cosplayers? Yeah, <laughs> or just your local grognard from the the comic shop, you know. <laughs> So, speaking of comic shop and other such nonsense, though, um, and this was, it was advertised on FA, it was advertised on, uh, like, I saw Dragoneer retweet a thing about it. It's the uh, Delver's Guide to Beast World, so Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition supplement for basically furry races on, uh, for 5th edition. So it's like, kind of taking a little bit of inspiration from, like, Iron Claw, I'm mm-hmm. sure, in having its various races, but doing it in a non-stupid way. Because Iron Claw's system was not great back in the day. It was based, I think, on a D12 system. Mm-hmm. And, like, the highest one was D12, and it had everyone had their own die. So it's like, oh, I needed to roll a D4 for this or that. It was, it was more complex than the standard D20 system. But that's neither here nor there, because we're talking about 5th edition. Um, and Iron Claw last came out a while back. I think uh, that are, well, they're they're still releasing new some supplements. Like uh, Tempo has like co-written a couple of them. Really? 
Yeah. Huh. Well, perhaps I should look into that further because, like, I've decided, well, I might as well get back into D&D or something, you know, be less online. Delver's Guide to Beast World is super, super, super funded. Um, like what did it say? Funded in 10 minutes or was it a day? Or, uh, 10 what? minutes, yeah. 10 minutes, okay. So they were asking for 30k for the initial print run, and they're at two hundred eighty-five thousand six hundred thirty-one dollars with two thousand six hundred twenty-six backers, with uh, thirteen days to go as of this recording, uh, Mm -hmm. which is to say Thursday, September sixteenth, twenty twenty-one. And it looks really cool because it's like, all right, hey, here's a bunch of furry races with artists with internal art from actual furry artists with very you know the archetypes presented volpines bovines canines like various homeland options for the various like furry species mm-hmm. um like it has a secondary component of the like your wagon which is like a mobile base which is cool it kind probably refines a bit on the like acquisitions incorporated or even just the base game like strongholds options where it's like, all right, you have a base that you come back to to store your shit, and like you can upgrade it over time, and it costs a little bit of money to do. And this is like, hey, we have a, a wagon that is your home base, and it's mobile, which which is pretty cool because um, that gives a you a mobile home base. Yeah, because um, it gives you options to not be stuck in an area, you know. Because um, when I purchased my books, I also got the acquisitions incorporated source book with it because it was on sale i'm gonna play as a redneck furry and have my wagon up on blocks yeah it's like well they done repossessed my wheels but i still got my house (laughs) that's all you need i I found that particular source book to be a little a little light on like what you could do with it like there was there's also like a hundred page adventure to go with it to get you a, to give you a better idea of how the things work but mm-hmm. like it was a neat idea it's like you're working at a adventurer franchise like you know you're opening a subway except it's an adventuring company this is the new one you're the, about. well this is the acquisition incorporated i imagine it, but it it's oh, okay. back end yeah. is it like you're running an adventuring business and you have a base right. and i imagine that the the wagons at least are in part at least have the mobile base element mm-hmm. and the base building stuff that's more refined. Right. Um, but I saw that and I'm like, that was cool as hell. I'm going to back it. And I did, but like there's, there's cows and wolves and tigers and sloths. The, the Batian of Arania. It's, it's a sloth. that's like upside down in a tree. That's cool. There they've included some non-traditional furry species as well. Yeah, because, like, yeah, wolves and cows and horses and goat, you know. But this one has sloths is additional race. The other thing, too... Even cows are not a common fursona, really. Yeah. They also have uh, put out a free, like, trial adventure. It's like, here's some pre-generated characters and it's a three-session game. Mm -hmm. Like, grab some dice and play. And I was like, cool, and I downloaded that and kind of haven't had a chance to flip through it. But it's like, hey... Uh, it's got four versions. It says playtested versions of four of our species: wolf, tradewind, fox, rabbit, and bear. Um, and then it has some other stuff. So it's like bears are also an option. So that's cool because I remember like back in the day, Ironclaw had oh so many so many races that you could choose from, like bat and various like three types of foxes: Arctic fox and Finnic fox and regular fox and wolves and mm-hmm. you know then you. 
I'm sure people probably made like maned wolves, like they're, you know, eight feet tall, but all leg, you know? <laughs> yeah, but six of that is leg. Yeah. So th- I thought that was really cool. Um, and it's like, all right, sure, I'll back that. It's a furry, like, it's it seems to be a furry designed and furry illustrated. I don't know if everybody involves a furry, but like. But it works. They, they have a pretty diverse team, it looks like. You can see, you know, there's they have uh, cultural consultants, two of them at least. Cool. So we don't end up with hopefully no weird like fetishization stuff. Where it's like, ooh, look at these mystic Native American analogs or something like that, you know. So I thought that was really cool because it's just like it's going to be a thick hardbound book and it's super well funded. So it will show up in the middle of next year probably. Mm-hmm. I will completely forget about it, and then it will show up at my door, just like most Kickstarter things are, yeah. because it's a future, it's a gift to my future self. With a big hardcover color book like that, they'll probably do it offset, and they'll probably have it printed in China, where a lot of um, the color printing is done, and like there, it that's going to take a while because there's there's so much going on with the. Uh, supply chain issues in publishing right now there's like a big paper shortage and things like that um plus additional tariffs there's like i think there's tariffs on canadian lumber right now like so like all all the printing costs are going up yeah and like they even have a thing we want we want people to be have access to this book and so like if you email us and send us some money we'll send you a pdf copy yeah it's kind of funny because, like, I'm working with at least two different printers, and one of them was like, "Our print costs are going up six percent across the board." So, and the and the other one was like, "We're not going to raise your print costs. We're going to just incorporate that into our operating costs because we want you, the customer, to not have to pay more." So I'm like, "Okay, that's cool. So at least some of my books won't cost more to produce." <laughs> so funny thing about Canadian uh, lumber. Mm. This is a subject near and dear to my heart, which is weird, but here we are. So my dad, for many years, worked in a lumber mill. He is was uh, the maintenance person, so he's a guy that fixed the saws and fixed the... If it was machinery, he fixed it. Uh, well, a couple of years ago, um, this is one of the things that he left uh, New Hampshire to go to Virginia, is they closed down the sawmill. And what happened was several years prior, I think it was like five, seven, it it was a while. It wasn't immediate. Canadian company came in and bought out the um, lumber mill, Mm -hmm. ran it for a couple years, and then closed it down. The thing is, is that they did this all across New England. They They bought lumber mills and they shut them down. Because they were competing with wood out of that area. Mm. So they pretty much destroyed the lumber industry what in the Northeast. Wow. Yep. So that was pretty much my town's like big industry. And since it went out, I mean, it's now a Walmart. They directly impacted by Canadian lumber because fuck you. Wow, that's fucked up. Yeah, that was part of... NAFTA is one of the things that enabled that, I guess. I don't know exactly all of the things, but yeah, all Mm. up and down the Northeast, they closed lumber mills. And the industry has died off a lot up there. So, yeah, it's it's a thing. Yeah, and like right now, 
like you know i think we've talked about supply chain issues in previous episodes like the local water burgers they don't have the branded cups right now because mm-hmm. styrofoam manufacturing is fucked up just like everything else yep so they just have the generic cups which you know fine whatever it holds soda it holds soda but it's just one of those things that like they have a little sign. It's like, due to supply chain issues, you might not have certain things available. Mm-hmm. And their cups are just a generic white styrofoam that you get, you know, kind of whatever. Yeah. Um, as opposed to the Whataburger branded ones. And it's just like, yeah, these little bitty things that are impacting uh, the production. It's like... Um, not just production, but the transportation, too. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I think mean, I mentioned last week, there's, like, some authors that are like, oh, my book is now delayed in its release oh. by X amount of time because it was on one of the ships stuck behind the Ever Given in the Suez Canal. And they're all, like, that had ripple effects, not just because it was on the ocean, <laughs> um, across all of the supply chain for various industries. So, one of the... Uh, dealers that was at Siesta, uh-huh. I had backed a Kickstarter for as for a gift for my niece for her birthday. Looked about when it would be, you know, be distributed. Warned my niece would be a little late because, well, the, the date wasn't until after her birthday. Yeah. But time went on, time went on, time went on, no product. Hadn't been paying super close attention, but I happened to see her at Siesta, so, you know, hey, I just asked, no pressure or anything, but what's up with the Kickstarter? Well, she was really, really, really behind in getting her stuff from China. Yeah. And so all she knew is just her stuff wasn't coming. It wasn't coming. Well, yep. after she got it in hand, she found out that the factory over there is only doing production three days a week because of COVID. Oh. And they didn't tell her, because if they had told her, she would have explained it to her backers so that they, they were aware. Right. Instead, it was just this black hole of, where's my stuff? Oh, yeah. You know, so maybe that's impacting other things. You know, the Chinese mm-hmm. factories aren't fuss, fessing up to what they're doing. So people just, it, it's not here, don't know why. You know, just be a little honest. We, we yeah. I would have understood, like, okay, yeah, because they have to go and disinfect and da-da-da and, you know. Mm-hmm. And the biggest um, industry in publishing hit is children's books Hmm. because they're they're all in color. A lot of them are in hardcover for durability, and they're pretty much all um, printed in China. And it's like the printing in China is not the problem um, primarily. It's the fact, uh, at least until COVID, it's the fact that then you have to put it on a boat and ship it across the ocean mm-hmm. and you know a lot of people think oh we just fly everything over it's like no no like a, sh- a shitload of the world's goods not just books it's just are on it's- boats and then they're on trucks or they're on trains and when when those issues hit it, it's just a fucking domino effect Huh. Yeah, and you wouldn't have felt like the ever get event getting stuck immediately but as the local stores dwindled and not getting in having like that gap until like the next stuff manages to make it down the chain yeah you know. i mean plus we also have a situation with um nabisco has a strike on all of its all of its workers all of its factories are striking because mm-hmm. they've been death marching their employees up into and including somebody literally dying on the floor mm-hmm. and them just dragging the body out of the way that's fr- frito-lay right uh yeah i think so yeah like it's a lot of stuff and so like if you go to kroger right now the chip aisles 
kind of bear. And like, oh, they're like, oh, look, we've teamed up with Pokemon and we've made Pokemon Oreos. And you know what? They can poke us down the shelves because no contract, no snacks. Yeah. Like support the striking workers of Nabisco and Frito-Lay and don't buy their shit because, well, like they literally have had people die on the line making these cookies. It's fucked up. um, Kentucky, uh, they're having the bourbon union is on strike, too, because they've been working seven days a week. And basically forced to work seven days a week. Because yeah. everyone needs their whiskey during COVID. Apparently. You know, it's basically, they 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 said it's not about the wages or anything. It's about all the other working conditions that you make us do. Right, yeah. yeah. Well, so. I mean, like, you can only make bourbon so fast, but I imagine there's lots of, like, potential issues like poisoning and all sorts of exposure issues with like oh you know you could get something dropped on you it's like any other getting crushed to death by a giant comical barrel yeah you you don't flatten out like wiley coyote unfortunately yeah and you know stuff is hot you could get burned you know there's all kinds of things that go on with any manufacturing but yeah Um, but it is like being forced to work seven days a week and yeah yeah like even if i was making like 50 bucks an hour if it was like seven days a week 12 hour shifts you know un super unreasonable productivity demands or something like that i'd still quit i mean you know at some point it's not about the money you know if you're if you're killing yourself that it, it doesn't fucking matter you know mm-hmm. and yeah uh and you know and like going back to like production facilities with covid um, the issue that a lot of them are having, like in the print industry, they have these um, the big ass printers and the big ass binders that are that are still partially operated by human beings, are like bolted to the floor. So for a while there, some printers would only have like every other binding machine would be operating mm-hmm. in order to maintain social distance between those operators because of COVID, and then. You also have to shut down facilities or parts of facilities at certain times in order to, like, cleanse everything. Um, Never and, mind the normal preventive maintenance. Yeah, and the other thing I was going to mention earlier when we were talking about um, transport is apparently right now there is also a real shortage of truck drivers. So trucking companies are, like, trying desperately to hire people and they can't find anybody, and it's not... Well, they also treat their employees like crap, too. Yeah, they also overwork their employees (laughs) severely, and it's not necessarily about the money. Also, I imagine, like, you know, (laughs) over 600,000 people in this country alone have died. Um, They came from somewhere. I think Tiered told me there was a stat of, like, one in every 500 Americans has had COVID. That's a lot. It's it's a lot because I mean you think about the number of people that died, but there's also the number of people that got, got it sick. and survived, and they're either okay or they're dealing with um, long COVID. And but even if they got it, they would have lost time at work. They would have lost time at work if they're dealing with long COVID after effects. They're still losing time at work, and that's that's affecting everything. So I, I guess just be patient with shit when you see stuff is out of stock or it's taking twice as long to get somewhere and oh yeah i could i could tell you this a fucking um brexit has fucked my shit up with europe yeah um so i, I may have mentioned this before but like i'll order stuff from the uk print facility 
to ship to my distributor in Germany. And before Brexit, that was fucking smooth sailing. There's there's no tariffs and customs and stuff like that because it's all one thing. And uh, this this last time, um, my German distributor placed a pretty pretty good sized order, and it sat in like the German customs facility for like weeks. Um, and they all they all dribble in a couple boxes at a time as the printer finishes up certain types. They tend to group them by types. So it'll ship like all the color magazines out at once and all the novel sized black and white books out, out at a different time and so forth. Because they're all done on different machines and they take longer or shorter periods to do. But you know, the our shit sat in in the Germans in the Germany one of the Germany customs offices for for ages and then gradually they got approved to be released to the buyer and like yeah it's um you know if it's affecting me and my little small business you know it, it's affecting the, the large scale shit a lot also yep so that's um that's what's going on in uh in business and uh, yeah this is literally a logistics discussion <laughs> i mean what we're talking about kickstarter shit we're talking about snacks and food and all this other stuff it's like it, it's all a single disruption like the ever given or just COVID itself has fucked everything up and it will be continued to fuck up for a while like mm-hmm. uh last week you know i was grumping on the pod because like i was i signed up literally a year ago to get this video card for msrp and i'd missed that window um, and now you have an update to the story. Yeah, I, I contacted their support and was like, hey, uh, this was sold out within the time window. What the hell? And they're like, oh, sorry about that, and sent me a... A new link. Yeah, a new link. And then I was able to purchase one, and then I talked to a couple people, and they were like, holy shit, yeah, let me get a paycheck. And I'm like, all right. Um, so... Wait, what? So uh, you're not keeping it for yourself? or I'll, I'll explain later. Okay. But no, I, I was just like... I have a good video card. I do not need a second video card, but I can get my hands on a video card and sell it to a friend of mine who has been trying to get a video card for MSRP as opposed to the chuckle fucks on StockX or whatever who marked them at $1,700 fucking dollars. It's only nine fifty, So it's literally like putting down some money to help out a friend that Mm, wants a video card but can't get their hands on one. Mm -hmm. Because I signed up for the fucking lotto, I guess, a year ago and finally my number came up. That's like, I got an email tonight. It's like, oh, you can purchase a PS5 tomorrow if you want. And I'm like, eh. Well, it would be worth it for the con. Uh, I don't know. Anyways. Depends how many games are out by then. Yeah. Or, hell, if the if the con rolls around, people might be like, oh shit, it's my first time actually seeing a PS5. I was going to say, if you're going to do it, let me know, because I'm your purchaser. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> um, well, we'll, I, we'll I have, have some come... off-air discussions, <laughs> not, not, for, not for broadcast. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah, it's like, just shit's all fucked up, and like the Kickstarter stuff. I'll get it when I get it. That's why I'm like, it's going to take a while. With like they get their their funding their funding finishes in what thirteen days or something like that. Yeah, and it's going to be a while. And they have all the various so like, oh, here's a dice set that comes with it, or here's these little tarot size like character cards or world mm-hmm. info cards, and it's like this shit's it says next year, middle of next year is their estimated delivery time, and I'm like, if I make Fair. it that long, cool. I've got two things Kickstarter that I'm waiting on. Uh, when you were younger, did you ever play a game called Dark Tower? 
It was a board game, like an old school. Not based on the Stephen King No, series. long okay. before Stephen King. Oh. Way back in the day, and I'm talking like early 80s, this thing was 200 bucks. In the early 80s. That's a lot of money now. In the early 80s, that's like 1000 bucks. Yeah. My parents had one. I don't know how they got one. Oh, neat. And it's a round board, mm-hmm. and in the middle is this little electronic uh, doohickey. It's a big, tall black tower. And as you move around the board, you would, it had one of those, think about the 80s kind of like red buttons that they use, like kind of the soft plastic with like a switch underneath. Uh-huh. If you land on a particular thing, you hit the button that corresponded to whatever in the the tower would whir, and it would tweedle, and it would tell you if you found treasure, if you encountered a, a goblin, or whatever else you do, and then it would go through, and it would fight, and it would tell you if you win. It was a lot of fun. Uh, my parents would only let us bring it out occasionally, because like I said, it's really, really expensive. It was a very early computerized game. Yeah, very early. Well, a company's kickstarting, basically remaking it with more modern components. It's called Return to Dark Tower. Yeah. That's super cool. They and backed it and got $4 million. Whoa! Yeah, so this game is popular, and like it, it, finding a working one is like good luck. Because like they didn't make that many of them. And they're 40 years old. Yeah, yeah about as old as I am. And so I... That's I'm, old. Wait... <sighs> For electronic Damn. game, it is. <laughs> so I'm waiting for that. They've been having slowdowns from China. And then I've got a gaming table. Way back in the day, I promised I am, when we saw the Geek Chic tables come out. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, one day, when we have a house, you can get one. Mm-hmm. Then Geek Chic went out of um, business. No. Yeah, they're out of business. I didn't hear about that. Mm-hmm. Oh. So, there's a couple of companies doing when it. When did that happen? Was that due to COVID or was that before? Oh, long ago. It was, it was like three or four years ago. Oh, okay. Huh. So, fun story. And I don't know if I recounted this on the podcast before. So, uh, I got it from a company called Wormwood. And W-Y-R-M. Yeah. Wormwood. Yeah, makes sense. And they make Because it's a gaming table. Well, they're a night. They're an industry that crosses hardwood... Uh, manufacturing with um, gaming. So they do like dice vaults. They oh, there do... it is. Wormwoodgaming.com. Mm-hmm. So I'm on the Kickstarter and I'd already, you know, I looked at, I watched a bunch of their stuff, uh, reviews from prior Kickstarters that they've done, lots of good info. And I'm looking at it and it's like, Dave. Oh God, they spell gift certificates with a Y. It's so twee. So I, I said, look, here's a... Geek Chic's at a table. Look at this one. Isn't it pretty? They've got great reviews. We've got a house. We're actually coming up on 25 years next year. So here's a big thing. And look, you can, you can put like wooden toppers on the top to use it just like a regular dining table. Oh, I'm looking at the Prophecy Gaming Table. Is that it? Uh, I'll show you. Starting at $8,500. No, no, it's not that one. Okay. Um, mine is going to be about three k. Okay. Which for a good quality, like antique level wooden table is not unusual. Yeah, no, I'm all, I'm like, 3K is reasonable for like a really high quality dining room table and definitely reasonable for a, a super fucking customized thing like this. So, and I start looking at this company and I look at it, it's like, wait a minute, this is out of Taunton, Mass. Oh. I know Taunton, Mass. My uncle 
lived there for many years. He still lives there. And um, I was born in the town basically right next door. It's called Rainham, Mass. It's like, so I said, where in Taunton is this? And I start, and I pull up their addresses like, wait a minute. That address looks really, really familiar. Why does that address look really familiar? Toss it into Google Maps, pull it up, and went, holy shit. Was your childhood home? No. The hospital you were born in. Taunton, Mass. was once known as the Silver City. From revolutionary times forward, they were known for silversmiths. Mm. One of the companies in that town was called Reed and Barton. My great-grandfather and my grandfather both work for this company. For My grandfather I know for like 40 years. I don't know how long my great-grandfather worked for there. Mm-hmm. They worked in that location because a couple of years ago, probably about a decade or so ago, they closed the mill, sold it off, they shut it down, and somebody else, like a speculator, bought it, and then they've been slicing it up and selling off, well, not selling, but renting off pieces to other industries. Like different retail and... Yeah, so they bought, they took a big chunk of the the facility and they converted it to a giant woodworking shop. Nice. So this table is being built in the same place that my family worked for a very long time. <laughs> so this is crazy. This is after I already decided to buy the table. It's like, holy crap, this is so cool. You know, it it was one of those really weird, like, it's not just a town I know, and I was in and out of right where I was born. It's literally the building that paid my family's bills for a very long time between my great-grandfather and my grandfather. That's funny. Cool. Yeah, so it, it's cool. Yeah. I kind of, I'd be down for Tyrion getting one of these, but uh, he was, he's, I think he's pretty happy with our current dining room table. Yeah, plus, I mean, unless you get the ones that have the shiftable covers... It's yeah. not also a table. <laughs> right. That, that's what I'm getting. I'm getting the ones with the shiftable covers. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Um, Which makes sense. Yeah, because I was like, okay, I'm going to have both a dining room table that I can take the lid off of, and then mm-hmm. Dave can play games. Yep. You know, so I'm looking forward to it because the table we got is kind of rickety. Uh-huh. You know, it's we got that, you know, from Max's work as one of their, we're getting rid of inventory. Oh, okay. I paid like 200 bucks for that table and all the chairs. And the chairs are falling apart to keep losing screws out the bottom and falling apart. Mm. And every time we have to take a leave in and out of the table, getting it back together is somewhat of a nightmare. Mm-hmm. And there's got to come some part where we can't get it back together. And then what do we do? <laughs> well, That's you... something I've missed the last couple of years. Because like we were doing Thanksgiving at our place and we'd put the extra leaves in our table. And at full length, that table is so long that we can only fit it diagonally in the dining room. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, I've probably got a Thanksgiving picture I can show you it's set up, but it, it's huge. And like the last time, we had like know, like fourteen or seventeen people over for Thanksgiving, different friends and family. Yeah, it was really nice, and I really I kind of missed that. Uh, well, I maybe to in... do Cookie Geddon again this year. Yeah, we'll see. So. Unrelated to previous things, but related back to the NAS stuff, if you go to his website, mm-hmm. the album's six bucks. That's not... Whoa. So you don't have to give Tim Apple any money. Tim... Yeah. <laughs> well, double checking, because Matt Fox in the chat was like, actually, you can... Yeah, if you go direct to lilnasxstore.com, it's six bucks to get it direct from him. 
So that's neat. Neat. You don't. So get yourself. I'm, I'm assuming it's DRM free. It's like, yo, here's the MP3s. He like he posted the video, another video that just came out. I'm gonna watch that shit whenever we're done recording. So you know, there's that too. You know what? That's fine. You know, this hasn't been a super free episode, I don't think. But I guess yeah, not. This has been a pretty relaxed episode. Pretty cool. Yeah. Um. You know, though there is there is one thing we can bring up. It's like, hey, um, if you are a convention and you are drink. antagonistic and stupid on social media and have a bunch of really terrible people in your, in your like con- convention chat like a year in advance talking about violence and shit your hotel can and will drop you and the only person you have to blame is yourself for attracting that audience so they're not out any money because the hotel dropped them but what else can i say but lol you know the thing is it's a lot of work to have a good relationship with a hotel. Yeah. Like if you're a new con, that's really hard to establish. And when you're coming from a deficit of like overt antagonism and being like, we're going to be the, the MAGA furry con, like you, you just aren't going to be able to build that rapport with a hotel because by your very nature, you, you attract the worst elements of society. And so you have like the majority of the fandom against you and you have people with a bad reputation to start with. Mm-hmm. And the hotels are just going to be like, you ain't worth it, man. So, like, I fully expect that the Tulsa Spike Con is going to be held on some dude's farm. <clears throat> you can't cancel us. You also can't take a, you know, to get an Uber out here is like $50, but you can't cancel us. You could set up the dealer's den in that cornfield. Yep. I mean, they did it in, like, the uh, abandoned Michaels or whatever. Yeah, there was Hobby a... Lobby. <laughs> the Hobby Lobby. Or that one con. Yes. It wasn't a furry con. It was some other con up in Oklahoma. The bare ceiling showing and leaking shit in a corner. And, oh, God. Yep. The... God. Yeah, that that's where they'll have it. They'll have it like a... They can have the an, abandoned Hobby Lobby. Yep. Abandoned Walmart. You know, they'll have their ball pit. Yep. But like With the conservative flag for a suitor in it. Totally. And all the piss they can drink. Yeah. Uh so guys, we're at like if you didn't know, um piss kills COVID. So, totally. Yeah. So like gargle that shit. Yeah. Fuck. You know, at least You know, a good gargling a good cocktail of piss and horse cum, only from a horse that's had ever ivermectin, of course. But also uh, make sure you include some betadine. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and beta you, carotene for your bones or yeah. whatever. And, and if you're allergic to shellfish, make sure you add some extra betadine because, you know, really up that immunity. Oh, right, they're made from uh, Iodine like is desri- derived from shellfish. Yeah. So um, you can't use iodine. Yes, I, I found out very uh, uncomfortably one time when I was like 15 or so i'd been in the hospital i'd gotten a bad case of MRSA back when that first was like a novel thing mm-hmm. and uh they used iodine on the wound and my entire like because it was under my arm mm-hmm. my entire body from there just turned red like it was like this massive circle of red my arm turned red my chest turned red they had to start pumping me full of antihistamines. It was not fun. Oh and my god! This yeah. again. I was like fifteen, so more than half my life ago. But I still remember it because it sucked so bad. Uh, so please do not gargle betadine. Do not 
Get your fucking shots, god damn it. <laughs> um, Again, we will end this episode with get your fucking shots. Yeah. Beyond that, guys, look, it's 9.38. We're old. We gotta go to bed. Um, <laughs> well, we did get started earlier. Yeah, uh, but we are at like an hour 20 on the Raw, so it'll be shorter by the time I edit it down. But you know what? That's fine. You know what? We appreciate you guys having listened to us this far. If, you, if you're one of the crazy people that's here from the beginning, and I know there's some of you are, that's cool as hell. Uh, if you've started listening to us as our after our political turn and after 2016 or whatever, that's cool too. And we're no longer giving gay sex advice. Um, yeah, I mean, we're, we're no longer hip or with it. The kids are... They've moved on. They've moved on. They've learned how to use lube? <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you, I just remember the, the weekly of use lube. Please, use more lube than you think you'll need. <laughs> it's always time for lubrication. <laughs> It's like, when you think you've used enough, use a bit more. It's not that expensive. The most you have and to worry about is washing your sheets. I yeah. know Brokeback Mountain might have put this idea in your head, but spit is not lube. Look, just get a fuck towel. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's easier. Yeah. So, if you would like to have high-caliber discussions like this, you can join us in our Telegram fan chat. Now, I had to regenerate like join link today. Mm. Because we'd been getting a couple people, they'd like pop in. They didn't have English character, they, they, non-English names. They would join and then instantly leave. And it's because like, oh god, look at all the fucking horse cocks. <laughs> no, not really. Um, but I think it was just like once you start getting bots popping into your channel, uh, it's, it's time like, to regenerate. Oh, time to regenerate because we had that same join code for like three months probably, which is around time to regenerate anyway. Because like oh god, I remember we had t- a couple times we had these dude with like. Arabic names that come in and like, what the fuck is this? And I'm like, you're in the wrong neighborhood, sir. I'm sorry. Bye. <laughs> I mean, unless you enjoy our fine horsecock paraphernalia. Yeah, it's like, look point, at all this furry well porn. Done. If you if you want the furry porn, you're welcome. If you don't, well, I'm sorry. Please move on. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, yes, the Southpaw's Telegram fan chat. It's a good time. Um, we can learn such fine facts as. You can get NASA's album for six bucks if you buy it direct from him. That's cool. You can buy books from forplanet.com. Yes, real books. Buy books. Um, you can buy your digital books at baddogbooks.com. Buy some books. Also books. Yes. Um, Fuzz and I will not be at any conventions this year, though possibly other ones maybe. So Tyrion might go to a couple. Right now, we are still on track for Tyrion to go to BLFC as a dealer. Um, and oh, and I can I can say that we applied for and have been approved to deal at MFF in December. Uh huh. So that would that's also a Tyrion con. Um, I don't usually go to that one, usually because I'm out of PTO by that time of year. Yeah. Um, so right now, for a planet set up to be at Biggest Little Fur Con and Midwest Fur Fest. And we'll see what the world brings um, for October and December. Yeah. And uh, see how things go. But, uh, you know, right now the plan is you would be able to buy books and comics and um, art collections from us at those two conventions. So. Actually, one last thing. I did see a tweet from FWA today. They were like, you to to pick to activate your wristband at FWA 2022, you have to be fully vaccinated. You have to show proof of full vaccination. Oh, attend. nice. And I'm like, cool. Good for them. Cool. Cool. That That's like, you can't come to our party if you're not vaccinated. I think um, Painted Desert Fur Con out in, no, um, that one's, that's one in Arizona. It was uh, 
Golden State Fur Con is the one that's out in California. I think they announced Reg was opening and they were saying you have to either be vaccinated or have a negative test within 72 hours of the con. Yeah, well, so there's a lot of cons that are if they're, I believe BLFC, you have to be vaccinated. Yeah, it all like, depends on what your state will allow you to enforce. Yeah, so some cons are like you have to be vaccinated, no exceptions, no negative COVID tests. You you have to be vaccinated. End of. And some have have both options. Um, but yeah, there's a, so you know if you're interested in going to furry con check their requirements, you know, make sure you meet them. But I'm glad that that cons are are trying are trying to push this in the areas where they're they're legally allowed to do so. Yeah, cuz god, this has literally been the longest stretch of not attending conventions in my entire adult life. Oh, so I found out recently uh by Twitter that um Delta, not Deltarune, but Delta, the airline, um was able to enforce uh vaccinations on their employees. Because they said if you don't get vaccinated, we're not paying for your health insurance. Like the the portion that the, that a company always pays for your health care, they wouldn't do it. And they were like, every COVID case costs us fifty thousand dollars. So no, y'all are y'all are getting vaccinated. Yeah, and, like- and it's not costing them fifty grand on like the health side of things because the insurance probably covers a lot of that. But just like all the disruptions, like. If someone on the on the flight crew is down with COVID, you know they gotta delay that flight or cancel that flight. They gotta probably pay someone else overtime to come in and replace that person. Yep. And you know the airline industry is another one of those domino effect kind of things. Like one flight gets fucked up, it, it fucks everything up for their day. You know, so Delta was like, "No, get vaccinated, or we're not paying your health care." And apparently, the majority of their employees have gotten vaccinated. So that's good. You you know, end of the day, for all their bravado, people still gotta have a roof over their head, and they can't eat Facebook posts. Right. So get yeah, Evermectin may be tasty. It tastes like apples, but you know you can't mm, just have yourself it. the Slim Jim and pork skin sandwich. Mm-mm-mm. But in the end, on that note, good night and get vaccinated.